0: You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. Let's just I, give D'Angelo some space so he can cry. So he can cry.
1: <laughs> Look guys, I I, I I wanna I wanna let you guys know that all wasn't lost. On Super Bowl Sunday, yours truly, D'Angelo Williams, stepped into a absolute dogfight with nine untalented Uno players. And I stepped out of that untalented fight as the uno champion um, I just wanna let you guys know that I am and will always always will be the greatest uno player of all time, and that's that's me being generous. just wanna make sure i let that let that be known also too, that's bullshit, man. We shouldn't have lost that game, man um. I guess I, I, I want to start this podcast off by saying this, and I know Gary going rudely interrupt me later on on what I said earlier, but did Brock Purdy do enough to drop the game manager tag as fans from other teams look at him? Has he dropped that moniker? I
2: would say yes. I don't think he played a bad game. I don't think any of that happened. I think he is... Got to the Super Bowl and he got to the championship in his first two years. Um, you can say he's got talent, but a lot of other quarterbacks have had talent and got to the Super Bowl too. Uh, Tom Brady had talent around him at times. I wouldn't say it was the team around him that got him there. Uh, he also had times where he had no talent as well and still got him there, but I would say Peyton Manning at times had talent around him. Sometimes he didn't. They got him there. So Every team's gonna have talent in the NFL. It'd be different if it was like the Panthers going to the Super Bowl this year and Bryce Young led them. Then it'd be different because they didn't have the talent around them this year to make it. Or the rookies. They were playing with a lot of young guys. Uh yeah, time. I know you like that one. But no, I think uh I think he has shown that he can he has the ability to perform. He's done well. Yes, he has good players around him, but I think he is should not be considered a game manager or any of that stuff.
1: Okay. I got, I got another I, one for you. I
0: think, I think the answer is no. He ain't done enough to show me he's not a game manager yet. And you want to know why? Because he just had every opportunity to win that Super Bowl with the most talented offense. But guess who did it? The superstar, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, that's a high bar to try to equate this man to. But I just, I just don't feel like Brock Purdy made enough plays where you're like, oh, man, that's that man's that man. That man's that dude. You know, uh, to me, he missed a wide-open Brandon Ayuk. He, he uh, can
2: can we talk about – if you want to talk about that play, he literally got clobbered as soon as he threw it. He didn't even have a chance to completely step <laughs> into the throw. Like, you got to be realistic if you're going to say that stuff.
0: Game manager, a superstar would have got out of the way of that. Come on. Yeah. Plus, okay. I'm always going to ride with Cam Newton and whatever Superman says.
1: So, I'm here. Yeah. So, so, this one's going to be, uh, I guess you can pretty much call this a Super Bowl edition. Uh, I, and I want to end the podcast with this question. But I want to give you guys time to think. If you can go through every team that has won the Super Bowl, what team would you say is the greatest Super Bowl winning team of all time? We'll answer that question at the end of this podcast and what two will it come down to that'll be playing against each other in order for it to be an amazing. what people be like whoa this is this is insane this is the dream matchup but this team would win it uh let's think about that and then we'll come back to that let's go to the first half obviously i honestly believe we lost the game we missed the extra point i I don't know about y'all. We hit the extra point. They got to go in. They got to score a score. But the thing is is that Patrick Mahomes will have a different mindset in terms of, okay, I don't need a field goal now. I need a touchdown. So I feel like them going for the touchdown, it wouldn't have changed. They were going to win because they had had enough plays to do it and enough plays that we haven't seen as a 49er defense. So uh, we lost Greenlaw to him jogging back on the field. That hurt us a lot. Um, so it, there was a lot of things that was working against us Sunday night.
2: Uh, I think even if they if they make their extra point, I don't I'm not gonna say Chiefs still win because that is is a whole different mindset, like you said. He's gonna be trying to score a touchdown, which could lead to a more more of a mistake. He doesn't have to take risk because he doesn't need a touchdown. As long as he's in field goal range, he's good to go so it takes away a lot of that risk factor that if you need a touchdown you have to score so i think it could have changed the outcome a may, maybe not um it also may have changed the way the 49ers would have played defense too uh i have said multiple times i despise teams sitting and prevent defense and i hate that sam fran did that at the end of
1: it like, prevents you from winning it prevents you yes, from winning every
2: time it's so stupid and that's why I give credit to Kansas City because, I mean, uh, their defense brought pressure in the pressure moments. They didn't sit back. They brought pressure to get, get Purdy off his game. San Francisco didn't do that. They just relied on their good pass rush to try to do it, which, yeah, that works. But if you can't do that with Mahomes, you got to get him moving. You got to get him off of sitting there and have all day. He doesn't have all day with the, the D-line they had, but he had more than you would have if you're blitzing.
1: And I think that was a problem by the Forty ers by not blitzing
0: enough. What you got, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I sucked. I felt like the Forty ers were dealing with injuries the whole the whole whole game, and you had Greenlaw right out and jump. That's that's tough. Um, to me, it felt like it was just it was a battle of who was going to be able to get the other one to break first. I was shocked at how little they were using George Kittle. Uh, if I'm being honest, I felt like that was going to be a, a, you know, potential. You know, that's one of their biggest mismatches almost any time they are on the field. And you know, I guess they won to use him more for run blocking, which I understand because, hey, Christian McCaffrey is the probably the best player on that field uh, when the offense is out there. But I, I will say this: I definitely, definitely expected it to be more high-powered offense, and it felt like the defenses came to came to play.
2: Well, I feel like at the very end um, in overtime, I felt like Kansas City, or not Kansas City, San Fran played it safe, and we'll kick the we'll kick the field goal and make them have to drive down the score in overtime. Running the ball two straight times, and then doing a a pass and then kicking a field goal that's playing it too safe to me you run the ball once then you do a play action or get out of the pocket and then you have another third down you don't just run two straight times and just settle for a field goal in overtime knowing that you're going to, you're going to allow patrick mahomes to drive down all he needs is a touchdown to win the game you cannot do that you got it. you got to, i know you had 80 yards rushing on the game at that point like you were you were moving the ball occasionally running but you can't rely on that. To me, you got to get them out of the pocket. That's where Purdy's good. Get you, the, the receivers were winning on the little jerk routes and the short routes, so why would you not do that instead of running the ball two straight times and just rely on kicking a field goal? That bothers me. To me, you deserve to lose when you do that type of stuff, when you play it safe. You, you, I've seen it too many times. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. When teams play it safe, they lose the game. And you can't, yeah. you gotta be aggressive. The Chiefs were aggressive the whole game. They kept blitzing, they took chances, throwing the ball, and you saw what happens, they win.
1: So let's get to halftime. Let's get to halftime. Usher.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: bet I, time didn't know one song that was saying that game. What what halftime. blows my mind, Gary, is every year we get people saying that this is the greatest halftime show of all time. I want you to tell me your thoughts about this halftime show, and I want you to rank this halftime show best out of ten, and be honest. And ten being Michael Jackson, ten being Prince, Prince ten being
2: Prince was nine.
1: No, I'm talking about like like a rating of one ten. Yeah, yeah.
2: If I was gonna, you're not. It's not like Prince is a nine,
1: Michael right. Jackson's
2: a ten. That's my. Right. That's the rating yes, scale. So you know. Where yes. my expectations are.
1: This, these are your expectations. I need you to tell me what you thought of the halftime show and give me your ratings. And I want to hear yours as well, Tom. Before you give me your ratings, though, Gary, I want to hear Tom's uh, thoughts on it, and then y'all can give me your ratings after. Okay. So uh,
2: I enjoyed the halftime show. A little chaotic at the start. A lot of stuff going on at the very beginning. But uh, so it's very eye-catching I guess but to me it makes sense because it's in Vegas and he has a Vegas show which is I know that's why he did part of the roller skating because I know he does that at his show I heard uh so it shows the skills and he's used some of the I'm sure he used part of the routine that he does in Vegas for the Super Bowl as well um I enjoyed some of the songs the one I was probably the most upset about which I understand it's a super slow song but. Nice and slow, he only gave you the, it's 7 o'clock, and then went to the next song. I mean, at least give me half a verse. Now, don't just give me one line. Give me half a verse. That is what started your career. That, in my way, didn't even make it, make an end thing. Now, granted, I understand. His other songs were bigger because he, they were more popular, but these were the ones that started his career with those two songs. Or the, boy, or, uh, the song with Brandy, I forgot what it is, uh, but it was on the same CD um but if i had to rate it out of ten i'll give it a six out of ten um remember a nine is prince a ten is michael jackson i hate that people say best show ever every year every year you hear you heard it last year with rihanna no it was not rihanna was not the best show ever sorry rihanna could do so much better but she was limited because she was pregnant, so she couldn't put on the show that I think would have been so much better than what she did. So she made do with what she could. This year, I think Usher did a good job. I thought it was a six out of ten. I uh, probably shouldn't have
1: told you I was to let time give it things. My fault. You were, you were. But hey, time don't copy me, you thief. Well, I be just added. before before time go before time go. What could uh, Usher have done to make your six of ten? Like, what could have made this performance? up there with michael jackson obviously michael jackson has some pyro and he danced michael jackson is one of the greatest or if not the greatest entertainer of all time time. on the stage right yeah Yeah, i mean some people would say james brown there's a lot of people that say now you have to understand this though gary if we're going based off of talent and talent alone james brown is a better dancer than michael jackson because he cannot sing can sing to say But
2: entertainer is everything. So has yes. Michael Jackson encompassed it all.
1: Yes, yes, he does. He does. So what could have made this performance 10 versus the six out of ten that you've given us and my way?
2: I think the problem is I don't know if anybody's ever gonna put up a ten. I just truly don't. That's how iconic Michael Jackson's was. Uh, do how do I think he could have made it better? Um <sighs> Um, I'm not sure Jermaine Dupri needed to be there. Or a.k.a. CeeLo Brown or whatever people were saying. I know you thought it was CeeLo Brown. but I
1: did think it was CeeLo Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: I thought that was pointless. I thought if people always care about cameos and stuff like that, obviously you have Justin Bieber. He may have disagreed. That was one of the big songs with Usher and Justin Bieber. Also, another big song, which I know Usher's a huge... Michael Jackson fan, another iconic artist that is known for Michael Jackson as well. He would have got terrible publicity for bringing him out, but Chris Brown doing something would have been great. They could have done some homage to Michael Jackson as well, because that is an icon, role model for Usher. I thought that yeah. could have made versus. But I understand why he stuck. To, he stuck to the hits because he started his own uh, starting a new tour and he's got a new CD coming out, but. I would say don't rely on the club hits. Play some of the other songs and a little longer on those songs versus just a one snippet second of it. Would have made it better. Because I think he obviously relied on the club songs longer than I think he needed to.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to go before time. Because I, okay. I, I really need to. You and I are probably going to end up arguing about this. Okay. So you're right. Got it. it. So Prince in my book is not number nine. Okay, he's not a nine on this Richter scale. I'm going to put Prince at an eight. I'm going to tell you what I'm sliding in at a nine. Okay, and 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 I'm going Michael Jackson as a 10. I'm going this performance is nine and a half. And when I initially saw this halftime show, Gary, I did not give it a nine and a half. In fact, I probably gave it a five or six. But the more and more these years go by, the more and more. I find out it was more iconic than anything that I've ever seen before. And I am talking about Dr. Dre. I am talking about Snoop Dogg. I am talking about all these guys that graced the stage a couple years ago that had brought back the 90s for us, 50 Cent in the club. All those iconic names and all those iconic singers that's synonymous for the 90s, I'm giving them the nine, nine and a half. So when I'm comparing these things, yeah, I know we was going to argue about this. That's why I went second. When I'm looking at Usher, and I'm looking at him perform the way that he performed, bringing out the iconic Ludacris. Ludacris hadn't dropped a uh, a verse since Cat Williams came out on Club Shayshank. Um, Luda. Alicia Keys. Bringing out Alicia Keys. Like, we ain't heard Alicia Keys on the Keys in so long. Man, I I, I was like, is that Alicia? Okay. I see you. But bringing out these iconic these these iconic iconic people and the cameos, that's what it's for. We we we've had discussions about how we see things, and how we see things is is your Super Bowl performance is not based on how you perform. It's not based on how you uh what songs people know, Gary. It's based off of uh time who you bring out, what cameo you bring out, who who are you bringing to the stage? And I don't think he brought enough to the stage in order for us to say, OK, this is enough. He's crossed that threshold. He is now that guy. Also, too, Usher hadn't lost his dance moves, bro. He hadn't lost his dance moves at all. I was very impressed with those. But as as it relates to like this being a stellar performance and who he brought out, I'm I'm gonna give it a six and a half, Gary, and I'm giving it a six and a half because some of the hits that Usher played was amazing. I would have loved to have seen. Uh, I mean, he brought Lil Jon out. Like, when has Lil Jon made an album since? Yeah, did did like, Lil
2: Jon ever make an album? Wasn't he just no, a cameo?
1: That, that's what know. it was. That's what it was. He was a he was a hook extraordinarist.
2: Yeah, if I, don't, you I, will. Don't, I honestly don't know has Lil John ever actually made a CD. I don't know that, honestly.
1: Yeah, Lil John and the East Side Boys. Been yeah, over no to the floor. Just, Touch your toes. But wasn't
2: he just a feature on all every song? Not actually giving bars? Yeah,
1: I get, I get what you're saying, but it was his album. It was very similar to uh, what DJ Khaled did. DJ Khaled didn't rap at all, but he put an album out.
2: Yeah, I don't consider that as your, your album, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, so... As you look at those things, man, as it relates to the halftime show, I understand that we get lost in the nostalgia of things of the 90s. But let's be honest with ourselves. Usher didn't show us anything that, well, actually, he did show us some stuff that we hadn't seen before. He let us know that we're going to all get old and we're going to eventually start to crumble and we're going to eventually not have it anymore. He doesn't not have it anymore, but he's not the same Usher that we saw six and a half. What you got, Tom?
0: Yeah, to me, uh, <laughs> it's funny because, like I said, every every year we get it's 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 not just people saying that it was the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. There's also people that are talking about how trash it was. And to me, it just made me think like, are we ever going to have a Super Bowl? Uh, Michael Jackson. Well, here's, you know, it's funny. I, I, as you guys were going through that, I went ahead and did myself a favor and. Looked up some rankings um, articles because to, to me I remember the Michael Jackson one. Obviously, I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, so I remember like the documentary on how he stood there for a minute and a half in just silence, you know, and, we and went how
1: crazy we just right,
0: right. But all these, and maybe maybe it's a Gen Z or writing these articles, but all these articles had Michael Jackson's halftime show ranked no higher than fourth. They had, and then a couple of them had him as as high as like tenth or eleventh, um, uh, best all time. So it's just funny to me that both of y'all have him as such. You so I, I one. a question. So who was
2: who was higher than him in those?
0: So Prince was always number one on.
1: Whoa.
0: So Prince was number one on. I think four of the five articles I read. One from Rolling Stones. One from like Vulture. Two from somewhere else. Prince was on number one except all, all of them except one that had a Britney Spears show as first. And then... So I
2: think the... Oh, sorry.
0: And I was going to say, the other one that was ranked pretty much unanimously higher was the 50 Cent uh, Dr. Dre one, like D'Angelo brought up. So and I think then, the problem with... I'm oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. And then I was going to say, and then the other one was... Uh, was... Um, what's his name, the white guy, the boss. Is that him?
1: The boss? Where?
0: Springsteen. Oh, Bruce Springsteen?
2: Bruce Springsteen, there you go. I think the problem with with articles rating Michael Jackson is all the controversy that surrounds him with the negative press of kids and all that kind of stuff, I think people put that as that's in the back of their mind when they write these articles. So they automatically will bring him down because they're afraid to put him as the best because of his transgressions that he was accused of.
0: I think that probably
2: plays a part into it.
0: Another thing that played into it, I think is you could tell it was somebody that went back and watched it and had probably never seen it because a couple of them mentioned like how they thought the minute and a half with no, no, song was like awkward silence whereas they don't realize like that was intentional and that was like michael jackson just showing you like how badass he was that he could just command the audience for that long and so that's what makes me think that some of these were written by well you know somebody younger i don't
2: think they understand is like michael jackson involved the whole fan base into his performance because he had black and white pack placards in the stand that people alternated he had all this kind of stuff in his music right and, and i think that's the stuff that people don't understand is like he incorporated the crowd that was that
0: into it. that and and he was he did it in 1993 princess was in 2007 14 years that's a big difference as far as technology you know that was available things that you could do um so yeah, so I I I get I you. As far as the Usher, man, I thought it was great, mostly because I knew all the songs. And this is another moment when you're like, oh, I am old, because you know, growing up, you're always like asking, why are they all these old people doing the halftime show? Why can't they ever do somebody new? And then we got Usher. I'm like, hell yeah, they're finally doing somebody new at the halftime show, and you realize Usher is not new.
2: <laughs> yeah, Usher's almost fifty.
0: Yeah,
1: so
0: (laughs) which which y'all were talking about him losing? I'm like, you know, he took his shirt off. I'm like, must be nice, must be nice to be able to be in that kind of shape and be, you know, Usher's age. Hey, I will Uh, say though,
2: he ain't hitting those high notes like he used to.
0: Well, speaking of hitting high notes, speaking of hitting high notes, y'all seen that meme? It's like if I send you this meme, just know I didn't start off well. And it was Alicia Keys, <laughs> because that was a rough, that was a rough come in. Let's just call it. What well, it I is. I agree.
2: That's that's the first thing I told you when it ended. I was like, yeah, she doesn't have that high hit anymore. But again, yeah. that's what happens as you get older. You lose that ability to hit that. Mariah Carey, different story. But most people lose that ability as you get older.
0: What do y'all What do y'all think about? Uh, People giving Usher backlash for the way he hugged up on Alicia Keys. And they're like, oh, she's got a husband. It's stupid. That. Doesn't
1: right. matter. He I, thought I
2: all showmanship.
1: What? That looked like it was a little bit more than showmanship, Gary. That looked like a little bit of passion behind that. Oh. Because when they hugged, I was like, is he dating? I thought she was with Swiss.
2: She literally, he literally got married on Super Bowl day.
0: Yeah, so somebody said we got to see Buster's bachelor party right before our eyes <laughs> before he <got> <laughs> Because hey, hey, he was definitely, he was definitely up on it. But hey, but that's a sign of a good actor. You know what I'm saying? That's a sign of a good entertainer. You can incite those sort of feelings I was, from people. I was about to
1: say, hold up on the actor. We ain't seen Buster action. Yeah, that's Light what, what I was gonna say, Tom. We need your, <laughs> we need your rating, man. What are you rating the halftime show?
0: I, uh, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it seven o'clock on the dot.
1: Seven o'clock
0: on the dot. i be in chop my drop time. Yeah. cruising the streets. I, so, I, so, I I did think that was a cool section though, where they had like the light and the clock, um, and they hit the seven. Yeah, that was that was a
1: cool section. So, for you, Tom, who do who 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 should he have brought out? What what would have made this performance a ten? Who would he have to bring out, and what would he have done for this performance to be a ten and to to erase that seven?
0: Here's the thing, I I and I only rank it a seven because, like you said, we're ranking on the scale of who who we've seen in the past. I think that Fifty Cent. Uh, one was higher, obviously have the Michael Jackson one higher after the Prince one higher. So, that's, and you know, as far as iconic halftime performances, I feel like you got to have the jt. Janet Jackson up there, even if it's just for the ending. cause when have we ever talked about a Super Bowl halftime show for that long? You know what I'm saying. So to me, the only the only thing I think that he could have done which is uh, the story is circulated that he tried to get this character, but he wasn't feeling it. But Justin Bieber, if he could have brought him out, because what that does is that reaches a whole other audience that maybe Usher doesn't cross. I mean, because Usher does cross a lot of different audience, but bringing in somebody like Justin Bieber just expands that even farther. Uh that would have been the only one that I think I could have seen him bringing in that would have made it a little bit bigger of a deal.
2: So I also think that when it comes to like the Super Bowl halftime show, it has to be memorable. If you don't remember they did a Super Bowl halftime show, it can't be considered good. I, could, I didn't even know Bruce Springsteen Sting, did a Super Bowl show. I mean, it's never yeah. been talked about to anybody I ever have met to know that it wasn't a Super Bowl show. So how could that be number one if I've never heard of
1: it? Uh, so like, I, I I remember – do you remember when Katy Perry jumped off the top of the, the building of the –
2: The only – no, that was uh,
1: Lady Gaga. Uh, lady Gaga, yeah. That's why I remember that because I was like, this lady is crazy. But we don't even really know if she jumped off the stadium.
2: But The thing is, like, if you didn't bring that up, I wouldn't have been able to tell you Lady Gaga did the Super Bowl. I, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to tell you Katy Perry did until – your wife told me the other day that Katy Perry did. I had forgotten. It wasn't
1: rememberable. I think yeah. Br- I think Bruno Mars is underrated. Yeah, Bruno I, Mars did it, and I remember his. He did it. But now the one that I that 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 ranks really high is the wardrobe malfunction. And we remember Jan it. Because, Jackson. Right. It but really we remember like it only because of the wardrobe malfunction. Correct. It was very memorable. And it was eventful. We remember Left Shark uh so there's there's certain things and we're going to remember this performance for a very long time because jermaine dupree was dressed like a hip-hop pilgrim so like <laughs> we we you we sure, understand. Are, are we
2: still sure it wasn't celo green
1: i i thought it was I, when i first saw it. i i was 100 percent i was like that was that oh, I, heard you. I heard you
2: say that And
1: you laughed you chuckled and you go no that's jermaine dupree and i go no that's not <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Live long enough to see your heroes turn into villains, right? Because that was that was was sad. Somebody said it looked like a
1: little boy that thought he was gonna get free ice cream after church. (laughs) So, so what do you guys think about the the Super Bowl commercials, man? Uh, And then we can get off everything. I I I honestly feel like. Gone are those iconic commercials that we used to have back in the days when we would go Budweiser, what day is it? Hump Day? Like all those commercials that throughout the week, I was really looking forward to some of those powerhouse commercials. And I'll give you an example of a couple of powerhouse commercials. Is that my dog, Gary? No, that's a pillow. (laughs) Oh, uh, one of the powerhouse commercials. I really look forward to powerhouse commercials like Allstate because they have made a reputation for having funny commercials. Geico. I look forward to seeing these commercials during the Super Bowl because they're already dumb and stupid doing regular hours, Old Spice. We just know that when it's time, when the Super Bowl come around, that those commercials are going to – either captivate us or let us down. And I feel like those big brands let us down this year. None of the commercials that I saw um, other than the donut commercial I thought was any good. Uh, Well, you used
2: to get the good Budweiser commercials. You used to get all the good Doritos commercials. You're not seeing the good quality of commercials anymore, even the talking babies with whatever mortgage or whatever it was company, day trade stuff you're not talking babies as often like they brought them back last year i believe but like you're not you're seeing very watered down commercials now because people are afraid to offend i guess it's terrible i think the best commercials to me were just uh snippet trailers leading into other trailers like you got i gotta see a snippet of deadpool 3 they dropped the full trailer a sequel to twister twisters is getting released i saw a snippet of that got to watch that trailer to me that was the most excited i got on trailer wise because it actually meant something i, I get to go actually watch and I, enjoy
1: they did used to drop those during super they bowl like a great all the marvel ones all mm-hmm. the like if it was a big dang gary like yeah this super bowl was it was different for sure um so we've ranked it we talked about the commercials we talked about the halftime show We've kind of dove into the game. I guess we can kind of get out of the game and talk about um, history, Gary. History is something that allows us to understand a man or woman's past, okay? So everybody made a big deal about Travis Kelsey getting in Andy Reid's face. Hold on.
2: Hold on. Before you go to that, one more thing about
1: Super Bowl, because you brought this question
2: up and I wanted to get it asked. Okay. Um... You asked me, which we're going to ask, ask time, you're going to answer too. If you could see anybody perform at the Super Bowl halftime show, who would you want it to be and why? Like okay. If you could say, hey, I want this artist to do it. I want to see them do a halftime show. Who would it be and why?
1: I would love to see R. Kelly do a Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> you're not going to no, see
2: that. But yeah.
1: I, I'm not. It's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, Gary. It's a possibility. You said who I want to see. I couldn't name somebody there, but I would love to see R. Kelly do a Super Bowl halftime show because he could, under, honestly, Gary, he could be the greatest halftime show of all time because he has enough hits. If choreographed and put in the right direction, he could. With who he brings out, Gary? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think it, that would piss that would a lot be of people off. Wouldn't, wouldn't even be close. Wouldn't even be close. I'm not talking about what he does in his free time. I'm talking about what he does in his professional time. That would make him the greatest of all time. As
0: as long as someone pours yellow Gatorade on him while he's doing it. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way. For me, for me, it's easy. It's Chris Brown. uh, As far as entertainer, entertainer and his ability to dance and sing and the amount of People that he could bring out that he's had on his songs, uh, he would just he would be uh, electric. He still you know go around touring to this day, and I see clips of him all the time. He's still got it, even though he's you know he's around my age. So,
2: so mine, I don't know. Mine would never get a chance to do it because their music's not fast enough or enough popish for everybody. But mine would be boys to men. Boys II Men have so hit, but it would just be a whole different type of halftime show because they have the slow jams for days. I don't know how they can make it where it's contemporary to today. They
1: missed a window gear. I know. But like, <laughs> that's who I
2: would want because like, they have so I'm an R&B guy, and they're, they're to me, one of the most iconic. You could say the Isley Brothers, but that, they, that was obviously a while back. But like They're one of the most iconic R&B in the last 30 years. Groups. So, like, I think that would be one. My all, all-time favorite is Drew Hill. Drew Hill is not on the same lo- is not on the same level as Boys and Men, but I like Drew Hill better. But they're not on the same level. I'd rather see Boys and Men with that opportunity.
1: <laughs> what are you laughing about? Hey. Hey. laughing Cisco, little Cisco Drew, know. baby. Enter the Drew. I got this feeling. And I just can't turn it loose. What about <laughs> Unleash the Dragon? It's <laughs> to you. you say? Hey, but that's probably his all time greatest song, though, Gear, Who? Cisco? Cisco's. Yep. Incomplete? No, it's yep. Tom's song
0: song for sure. Quit playing.
1: No. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. Stop it.
2: I mean, you, people don't understand how many hits Drew Hill actually had too. Five steps. Like I mean, yeah. people just don't understand. And then I'm also a big 112 guy, but again, 112 is not on the same level as boys the men.
1: What so about Cupid? Three, Did you listen?
2: Cupid was a jam, but my all-time <laughs> favorite song of ever is "Anywhere" by 112. So.
1: Oh. Okay. All right. Respect. Respect. Um. So the question that I asked you guys to kick off. Sorry, the, well, history.
2: Got it. History. You're talking about history.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. History. Yeah. So Travis Kelsey got in Andy Reid's face. And there's been a lot of backlash where AJ tweeted, hey, if that would have been me, I would have got kicked off the team. I would have got reprimanded. It would have been some issues. And Gary and I locked, got locked into this conversation earlier. And I'm saying that there's nothing wrong with Travis Kelsey getting into Andy Reid's face. My thing is, is yes, there would be a problem if AJ Brown did it because AJ Brown has a history. It, and his history far exceeds his actions. And therefore, if he does do something like that, like Draymond Green, like Draymond Green is on a tighter leash than other players in the NBA because of his antics. So if you have a history then, yes, you should, you'll be dealt with based on your history and this situation and in this moment and what you do. So, yes, A.J. Brown, we would expect a little bit more out of you, but Travis Kelsey doesn't have this history, not documented anyway. I, I mean, him having a conversation with the coach with a little steam and fire behind, it, I like it. I like the fact that Andy Reid was kind of thrown off. I like the fact that everybody was like he pushed him a little bit. What people don't understand is is I don't give a damn if Andy Reid is 98 years old and on one crutch. If his ass on the sideline and he making millions of dollars as a coach, then he better get his ass out of the way then because there's people down here playing football. that's the first thing you got to do is have the ability to get your ass out of the way and protect yourself when you're on the sideline. If you don't have those instincts and you don't have that awareness, then that ain't on me. That's on you. So what well, I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, is that he didn't do anything wrong. He doesn't have any priors leading up to this. He was just a fiery uh football player in the heat of the moment, expressing some words of concern to his head coach.
2: So I don't have a problem with what he did. I mean, you talked about this, obviously. Yes. I, I think maybe the touching, slightly pushing, could can be conceived as over the top probably shouldn't lay your hand on the coach. But again, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey have been on each other's hip since 2014 when Travis Kelsey got drafted.
1: He had
2: he's been Andy Reid's tight end. Andy Reed's been Travis Kelsey's coach. They have a tremendous relationship. We cannot judge on how that relationship is. And if that bothered Andy Reed or not, yes, the optics were terrible. Optics look bad, but again You don't know their relationship. If A.J. Brown did that to Nick Sirianni, I'm sure they're going to probably come to blows because Nick Sirianni is a different type of coach, and he also has only been around A.J. Brown for, what, three years maybe? So it's a little different dynamic, and I think people don't take that account. (laughs) Do I think it looks good? No. Is Travis going to get all this hate? Yes. Does he care? No. Does Andrew Reed care? No. They won the Super Bowl. It's over. So, everybody else stop crying. Nothing's going to happen. It's whatever. And if if the Chiefs want to do something, the Chiefs can do it. The NFL should not step in, should not do anything. There should be no discipline unless the Chiefs want to do something themselves. It's the easiest way to handle it. Time?
0: Yeah, I thought if they were going to do something, he would have missed a few plays. but. Um, no, I mean it gets heated in the battle, you know. Obviously, it's it was a tough look, but I think it ended up looking worse than it was because even Andy Reid said he was a little bit uh, off balance whenever Travis ran into him. But you guys know better than anybody. It's just the passion. It's the it's the thing that you know that the drives football players. is Is that kind of a spark, and um, you can't be you can't be too mad. Like you said, if, if there was a history of him doing this. That's one thing. This was Antonio Brown. You know, that's one thing. (laughs) This is Travis Kelsey. uh, You know, and the second thing is you don't want Taylor Swift getting mad at you. So if Andy Reid does anything, the whole Swifty Army is coming after after Andy Reid. I
1: thought we would
2: get through the podcast without you mentioning that name.
1: <laughs> the NFL get through. Man, we, we were, really were really close.
0: You know, and that, we that's really about like really me tough. getting through a podcast, and not Michelin uh, Lebron, because you know it's not yeah. gonna happen. But speaking of LA, real quick, a side note: I see the. For those of you that can't see, uh, Gary is sitting. In a room that has to be belong to D'Angelo Williams because we see a bunch of Panthers jerseys
1: that have been autographed. We, we don't know that. We don't know that.
2: Well, that is the new – right there behind me, I'm pointing. That is the new UCLA head coach.
1: Exactly. That's what I was about to say.
0: Shout out to Fo- D. Foster Wright. Got a new coaching job. Yep. Yep. I was, I was going to ask you, what was your memories with him? Did you ever think he'd become a head coach?
2: I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know he was a coach anywhere. <laughs> so the
1: yeah, the say, yeah rather you us. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I knew he was coaching, but I wasn't aware that he was, he was a head coach. It's crazy looking around the National Football League or looking around just these coaches' carousels. And and looking at the coaches, like for instance, there was a guy that I played against in high school. He's now uh, a coach at a prominent uh, college, and we had a conversation with each other at the uh, Hall of Fame induction. And it was crazy because we were talking about high school days Uh, and looking at coaches like D'Amico. Ryan played against him when he was at Texans with the Texans. Uh, Looking at uh, you know Chris Harris and. And guys like that that you play with, and 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 look at the the, the linebacker uh, OJ was it uh, Mayo who who got the job over Jared him? Mayo. The, Jared Mayo, you know, uh, played against him when he was with the Patriots. So look Debarra at Bowman, yeah, look looking at guys that have that have played with you or against you, and then now seeing these guys as different phases of their life where they're now coaching. Oh man, it's it's crazy because that's the first thing I say when I see him is like, hey. I played against that guy. That guy right there was either good or he wasn't so good, but that doesn't always translate over into your coaching style. It's about getting the guys to believe and see if they can go out and execute the plan that you gave to them.
2: You want to know that the first thing I think when I see that?
1: What's that?
2: What made you want to be a coach?
1: Yeah. What made
2: you want to put in all those hours again that you're no oh, longer have to do
1: anymore plus more? That's a tough one, saying, Gary. Man. That is a tough one, bro. What
2: makes I you totally all those understand your plus concerns. Plus, concern you're retired now.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, like, what makes you want to do that to yourself? What I you don't yeah.
2: Really get, I don't know, because, like, I guess... I think there's more life than working if you have the ability to retire early. Enjoy life. Do things. Don't just jump back into the workforce and then you're not going to be able to do things again. I just, yeah. I guess... I don't know. That's just my mindset. I, like, I, like, I enjoy... Doing things. If you have, if you if you were fortunate enough to be able to do that, why not do that?
1: Yeah. So here we go, Gary. We're gonna end the podcast a little bit early. I know it's but I gotta get this question in. Super Bowl teams. Greatest Super Bowl team to win a Super Bowl. I we're not talking about the Patriots when they lost against the Giants, that eight and A team. I think the greatest team to never win it is that Patriots team.
0: Oh, yeah, that's just, that's just, that's easy. Because
1: they they really
0: could be the best team of all time,
1: minus not winning the Super Bowl. Right. So, greatest team to win the Super Bowl, I'll go first. The team of Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, J.J. Stokes, Terrell Owens, Uh, Dion, Neon, Sanders, um, uh, Charles Haley, uh, Morton Hanks. I mean, I can keep going that team right there. I honestly believe is the all time greatest team, but now here's who they're playing. They're not playing another AFC team. They're playing another NFC team. In the St. Louis Rams, when they had Kurt Warner, when they had uh, Isaac Bruce, when they had Torrey Hope, when they had Marshall Falk and a host of other guys that they had on that side. So to be those two fighting it out for the championship with ultimately the 49ers winning it, of course, uh, couldn't let my fandom not get in the way. And that's how I would end that. I'd love to hear. Who y'all think would be uh, the, the greatest Super Bowl team to win it?
2: Go uh, ahead, time. You got it. I'm,
0: you know what? Obviously, since I can't choose those Patriots because they got my boy Randy Moss. I got to go with those 1992 Dallas Cowboys, baby. You got Troy Aikman. Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, come on now. The Cowboys are always going to be America's team. And so, what's the greatest ever conversation without the greatest franchise ever created? Jerry Jones's baby, the Dallas Cowboys. Come on now.
1: I hate you, Tom. You've really you've, you you ruined a lot of things, man. You ruined a lot of things, man. And and you know we we really try with you, man. We really do. We look over all your it's faults, hard. man. I know we look over all his faults. We look over all his fandom and love for LeBron. There's a lot of things that we deal with on this podcast and that we look over out of respect for you, your kids, and all the significant people that play a role in your life. But now, at some point in time, we got to say, damn, bro, get it together. And that's what we're saying right now. 52 damn, bro. to 17 in the Super Bowl? Come on now. 52 to 17 in the Super Bowl? I'm going to tell you something. That Broncos team that uh, stepped up and beat that, uh, no, that Seattle team that stepped up and beat the crap out of that Broncos team would. Would, would beg to differ. Y'all couldn't even beat that Seattle team, bro, when they were no-fly zone. So the fact that you would say that blows my mind, time. But I digress. Gary, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on who you think will win. Now, you got to understand, though, too, Gary, that Seattle team was nasty, bro, with that no-fly zone, bro, when they had uh, – uh, um, all those guys they had nine pro bowlers over there gear all right
2: well i'm not going on that team either i'm not going either one of okay. teams. John what you away.
1: got i was trying to influence um, you
2: I'd, I'd be remiss not to at least mention the only team to ever go undefeated the miami dolphins in 72 never no team's done it since undefeated win the super bowl you'd be remiss to mention them i'm not saying that's who i would pick but we got to at least mention the only team never do it. Okay. Like they don't get the love they deserve. But y'all aren't going to like the ones I probably pick because I have two and they're right there and you can be interchangeable.
0: <laughs> that is the
2: 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the 2007 Baltimore Ravens with Jamal Lewis and Ray Lewis on that defense with Ed Reed. That defense, unstoppable. And that run game of Jamal Lewis running for 2,000 yards, unstoppable as well. Trent Dilfer didn't even get in the way of stopping them from winning a Super Bowl. That's how good that team was.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Gary! I so, cannot believe you fixed your mouth to say those two teams.
2: And then, Bucks again, wow, led by, Gary! Led by their defense, defense wins championships.
1: Oh, Gary, I beg to differ, man. I beg to differ. What we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to break out some stats. We're gonna you have, have to really. Curtain
2: in Pittsburgh. Their defense won them the Super Bowl. Their offense didn't. Their defense did. I'd be yeah, interested to see which defense, is, How many teams that have won a Super Bowl did their defense play better than their offense? I'd
1: be interested to see. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, the Rams did a damn good job when they won a Super Bowl because Aaron. I mean, uh, Aaron Donald was amazing.
2: Oh yes, I know their defense was great. They relied but, on their defense to help them win. I thought you were talking about the greatest show on turf. They won one Super Bowl. Yeah, it was our offense. Won. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They just outscored teams. But I was yeah. just, I, w- I was looking at breaking down offenses basically, and and how they fit and match up with one another, and if they had enough on defense to hang in there is what I was thinking about. But again, I I'm a 49er well, fan. I've been a 49er fan for a very long time, Gary. Uh, I'm glad that you shown that you a Cleveland Browns fan. You've been one for quite some time. And we want to make sure that we give you enough time to express to your Cleveland Brown fans and other fans alike. That's that that's your team, right?
2: Uh, I don't have a team, sir. <laughs> I don't follow teams. I don't watch football like that anymore. But okay. the reason why I said Baltimore, because nobody had an answer for Jamal Lewis on offense. Jonathan Ogden, big boy, leading the yeah. way. Yeah. Marshall Yonda. At center. Yeah. Like, yep. they were just – you couldn't do anything. And then you have on defense, they have one of the greatest defenses of all time. Like, to me, that – and they won with – their QB was Trent Dilford.
1: Hold up. You're saying that that Baltimore defense that won that Super Bowl was better than Seattle's defense that won it for them against yes. the Denver Broncos?
2: Yes. I I think, honestly, you could yeah. argue Tampa and Baltimore in the 2000s are arguably two of the t- best defenses ever to play in the Super Bowl. You have the Steel Curtain, obviously. So you have some other teams, but arguably, you could argue those two teams in the 2000s are some of the best defenses to ever be in the Super Bowl because they helped they I won see. the game for them.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Derrick Brooks, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber on Tampa. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. You're
0: right. What about but, the 2004 Patriots? Nobody's talking about them, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna just talk about the greatest teams of all time and not mention the goat at
1: all? Come on. One hundred percent. Because he, I don't <sighs> think, I don't think he has enough to be some of those teams that have won Super Bowls, bro. Like you got to the, the the team that didn't win it that he was on was the best team that ever played for. him.
0: All right, as long as we acknowledge hey, that, we'll move on. Th- th-
1: there's a reason why Baltimore
2: won the AFC in 2007 and New England didn't.
1: Yeah. What was that? <laughs> Baltimore was better. Yeah, <laughs> the defense. The defense. Uh, like I,
2: but, there's a reason. Like, so hey, we're, not, like,
1: we're only speaking facts here, Tom. Um, well, very very similar to us uh, ending the podcast. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I do want to throw this in there since you all so rudely skipped over my commercials. I uh, won't take. No, it's okay. I'm used to it. Uh, so the the commercials the commercials this year were very lackluster. Yes. Um and and I'm kind of disappointed. I think it honestly we've gotten to a point in this world where creativity is frowned upon because you know you've got so many rules and regulations that you have to follow. For fear of being canceled, it makes it very hard to come through with with fun things. And then not only that, but think about who's somebody that's usually provided some of the best commercials: Budweiser, Bud Light. Who had one of the worst years possible? Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light. So you know they were probably walking on very thin ice for what they could do. And because, you know, I thought about that. I was like, man, Bud Light and Budweiser. Because the Clydesdales, those were such an iconic commercial that always had you in your feelings. I guarantee this year nobody even paid the Clydesdales' attention because of the (laughs) stuff. And it's true. Because, you know, what's crazy is, you know, we've said this before, I work at a bar. I really didn't, you know, think that it was really going to be a thing where those beers took a huge hit. But they went from number one in sales by far to, like, not even in our top ten now. Now, obviously, our demographic is very, you know, broad and probably a lot more lean towards the people that would be upset by Bud Light. But, you know, we we average about anywhere from, you know, 1,500 to 3,000 people on a night. Um, So there's a a lot of people coming in there. And for them to fall that far, that just is. Just
1: a small is. flex. Just a small flex, guys. Just
0: small. You know, I gotta do <laughs> gotta do what I can since you got Gary sitting in your flex room.
1: i Uh <laughs> I'm just talking about. It.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that's all I had to say. It is very disappointing, but I do think that the world today has caused us to reach a point where we have lost creativity and we are just, you know, the Dunkings. Is that was was that the best curve? Best commercial? What do y'all...
1: Yes, I don't know. Don Kings was the best one for me, but I can tell you the most unique one was Kanye West paying $7 million to do a... And it made way more than... He made a lot of money. Yes, just by saying the name of the thing and where to go to find his shoes.
0: I have not confirmed this story, but did y'all see uh, Brandon Marshall talking on his podcast or something about Kanye West originally bought a ticket right underneath Taylor Swift's uh box and then yes. she had him she had him moved. Haven't confirmed if that's true, but that would be pretty Boy, hilarious. No, is,
2: how would she know?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: How would she cause you don't know who bought the ticket in front of you?
0: Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that stadium probably knows that Taylor Swift is a big deal, and they probably don't want to do anything to upset her, uh, her, her, her from leaving because they. Yes. Let's call it is. Call it is. Taylor Swift was probably the third biggest star in this Super Bowl. You know, you got the Chiefs, the Forty Niners, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> <That's, Yes. laughs> well, the fact. <laughs> I
2: think the worst thing is, is the fact that you have a former uh, woman of the White House who has ran for president tweet out, congratulations, Taylor Swift's boyfriend and the Kansas City Chiefs. That just blows my mind that you can't even mention the name.
1: I bothers, I like it. it just, I like it. it I like it.
2: it just, it's but you know
0: that's just a joke, right? That's like that's just to be funny.
1: It I you know.
0: It still should be
2: tweeted in though, like cuz it's still disrespectful to Travis.
1: All right. He's been disrespected all his life. What's one more? Did you y'all,
0: Did you y'all, did y'all, did y'all see Joe Biden's post afterwards? I will say it had to, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Just it like we drew it up, baby. Yeah, it was like him with robot eyes saying just like we drew it up, Chiefs. Because everybody's been <laughs> talking about how Taylor Swift is uh, you know Psy for Biden. Yeah, <laughs> I cool. did think that was pretty funny. So whatever whatever uh clever person on Biden's team that came up with that, that was funny. <laughs> we, we know his old ass didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, and then one more thing, real quick, before we go, because I think this might have just come out as I was sitting here scrolling. Do you guys follow Bustin' with the Boys at all, or know anything about the Taylor one and Will Compton? No. I know who
2: Taylor's. I know that I know who they
0: are. Okay. Well, obviously, very, very jokingly. spoken. Yeah. So, like earlier today, he, he tweeted. NFL is basically the WWE now. It's all scripted, fixed, and they pick who they want to win. It's all for entertainment. And honestly, I don't even know why I watch and care so much. It's all fake. And so someone responded, so you really believe that the 53-man coaches and staff on the 49ers team trained, practiced, and played 19 games just to lose in the final game because of the script? He said, yes, I did it for 10 years. He goes on to say something effective. I've signed things that forbid me from talking about it. <laughs> What's y'all's take as he goes to spread these, these rumors that you guys, hey, your
1: NDA's got to be close to getting up, right, D'Angelo? I, no comment. I can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> right now is a Gary mute. So <laughs> we want to thank you guys for joining us on the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. We all. Well, that was good. You
0: are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring Deangelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.